Welcome to the John Matthewson Podcast, where faith meets entrepreneurship and growth takes center stage. I'm your host, John Matthewson, and I'm thrilled to be a part of this journey with you. In this space, we explore the powerful intersection of business, faith, and personal development. Whether you're a kingdom-minded entrepreneur, a seeker of wisdom, or someone looking to transform your life and business from the inside out, you're in the right place. Each episode, we dive deep into the principles of kingdom business, mindset mastery, and actionable strategies to help you flourish in your entrepreneurial endeavor. We believe that success in business and life isn't just about profit. It's about purpose. And we were created with a specific purpose. So if you're ready to be inspired, to learn from thought leaders, and to uncover the secrets of business growth, guided by faith and values, then join me on this journey. Let's explore, learn, and grow together. Welcome back to the John Matthewson Podcast. It's been a minute since we've been in here. Life has been busy, but I'm excited to be back in here and ready to get into today's topic. Today we're going to talk about the wilderness season. This is a season of life that nobody looks forward to, and typically we are counting the days to get out, but we don't know when we're going to get out. We're talking about a wilderness season. And so we're going to lay the groundwork, but here's here's the question I want us to think about today as I go through this. How can we take the wilderness season from a place of desolation and isolation and flip it to a place of a life-changing encounter? Because that's what we're going to look at in Scripture today. We're going to go to Moses in the wilderness. So to just quickly set the stage, Moses is in the wilderness. This is the first time. Yes, I mentioned Moses. If you know Moses, he goes to the wilderness more than once. And as an individual, and especially someone who likes to grow, that's not an encouraging thought, but let's look at it. He goes there because he killed an Egyptian, right? He got angry, and he fled there, and now we find him in the wilderness. In Exodus 3, it says, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, and here's what we're going to look at today. I will turn aside to see this great sight. That's the key phrase here. I will turn aside and see this great sight. It goes on to say why, and see why why the bush is not burned. When, and here's verse 4, right? When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush. Do you catch that? This just, this just stuck out to me this morning. When the Lord saw that he turned aside, then he called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. Here I am. Then he said, Do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. So there are many, I'm not going to point them out all, but there are many wilderness moments in Scripture, right? Because shortly after this, we're going to see the Israelites going into the wilderness as well. So they take their exodus after being enslaved from Egypt, and then they spend 40 years wandering in the wilderness before they get to enter the promised land. 
not before a generation has to pass on. We're not going to go down that rabbit trail. But we have the Israelites that are in the wilderness. That's a whole lot of people that are in the wilderness. That's a long season, 40 years. Oh, dear God, I hope my wilderness is not 40 years. I think we would all pray that. Elijah, Elijah was in the wilderness after his confrontation with the prophet of Baal on Mount Carmel. He fled to the wilderness to escape that Queen Jezebel. This is where he experienced a season of isolation and despair, but also a spiritual renewing that came out of it. And then an encounter with God at, guess what mountain? Mount Horeb. Jesus in the wilderness. Okay, before beginning his public ministry, Jesus went out 40 days and 40 nights, right? And he was tempted. Uh, There were these periods of temptings by the devil. But even Jesus, God himself in flesh, had his wilderness moments. John the Baptist in the wilderness. Now, he was a crazy man, right? But he lived in the wilderness. (laughs) I'm not that crazy. I'm not prepared mentally to live in the wilderness all the time. But John the Baptist didn't care. Um, He was the wild eating wild honey and locusts like I'm I'm just not there yet Mr. John the Baptist but maybe one day I can revel in the wilderness like that okay Paul's wilderness experience so uh, much later in the gospel we find Paul and his conversion in Damascus uh, but then he spent three years after that in Arabia which was very likely um, a period of seclusion but also spiritual growth from that solitude okay we also have David Uh, Many times when King Saul was going after David, uh, we find David running uh, in the caves and um, just in those dark, isolated moments. And so this really resonated with me today because um, if you're on your journey of growth, your journey to wholeness, or your journey to pursue Jesus, uh, I guarantee you, you have or very will shortly have or you're in it now a wilderness moment and i don't think i have to describe it much because you've probably experienced it but it's a moment of almost a feeling of passed over you feel like like there was one um oh i don't remember what it was now um and we have done an episode on it but he called it the dark night of the soul and he wrote this long uh lengthy writing on this period of time that he went through when god's communication was just different than it was before and a lot of times it just wasn't there and i find that along our journey that we end up in these wilderness moments where everything is stripped away we feel like you know because before that like if we're honest we we want to pursue god we want to grow but a lot of times we want to do it for what comes with it we want to do it because of the peace and the contentment that comes with it we want to do it because of the accolades or the people, the lives change that come with it. Like we don't really at the core heart of it. Do we really pursue Christ just because of our love for him? Like re- like really reckless abandon of anything else that would come. Like do we really pursue him like that? And I think like, you know, man, I didn't even point it out. But obviously the greatest example is Job. You know, every sometimes in these moments like Job, everything gets taken away. Job wasn't a bad guy. He was an upright man. But everything was taken away from him. 
and, and we find ourselves like Job, we're sitting down and, and maybe our friends are around us, maybe not. They don't get it because it's your wilderness moment. Everybody else on the outside doesn't get it because you have to walk through this. And you're sitting there like, what happened? I was up on top of the world. I thought I was serving God. I thought I was following him. And now I'm getting I'm nothing. My my devotion time, my prayer time is quiet. My My business is not growing like it was. I don't feel blessed. I don't feel like... What in the world is happening? And you're in this wilderness moment and you're sitting there like Job, almost in despair. And so back to our original question, how do we take those moments? How do we take these wilderness seasons and how do we change them to a life-changing encounter? Because every one of those examples that I gave you, including the one I just added, Job, they had a moment where they turned aside, just like we saw in Moses. He consciously, I don't know why they put that in scripture, but it's clear that he consciously made an effort to turn aside and look at this bush that wasn't being consumed by fire. And that is when God chose to speak out to him. Jesus' temptation in the wilderness, right? His turning aside moment uh, was when he resisted the devil's temptation. And what did he do? He quoted scripture and he reaffirmed his commitment to following God's will. That was his turning aside moment. And Here's the thing I want to point out before I go into all of these. Looking back on these stories and these moments, it may seem like the turning aside moment is a really big radical moment. I don't think they all were. Some were maybe, but I don't think they all were. I think the point is, is that when we're in those wilderness moments, like we tend to forget and we tend to not look at the good that is in the wilderness, right? Because, spoiler alert, like, the point of the wilderness is not to pull you away from everything. The point of the wilderness is to isolate you so you only look to God. And that's it. Because the the Israelites' moments in the wilderness were not only to separate them from the Egyptians, but it was instead to pull them to the heart of the Father who rescued him out of that. And it wasn't only to just scrape away everything else. No, it wasn't about this wilderness moment. It was actually about who was in the wilderness with them. Because if you go all the way back to the very beginning, maybe maybe the very first wilderness moment, Adam and Eve get kicked out of the garden. Like, I don't know, that's a pretty dark moment. But the beauty of this story is that, so context-wise, in this day and age, like there were usually gardens or mountains that were known to be a place where gods or Yahweh would meet with man, right? That's why Garden of Eden, very sacred place. Well, that was where his presence was. They, they got up in the morning and they walked with him, right? Well, when they sinned and fall happened and they got kicked out of the garden, there had to be a separation from the presence of God now because of the sin that entered. But it didn't stay that way. Go back and read that story again because what happened? When they left, they didn't leave alone. Yahweh went with them. Their creator went with them. And he said, you know what? It didn't work out. My garden way didn't wait, didn't work out. But I'm not going to abandon them. I'm going to go with them and find a way to still restore so that my presence can still go with them. He left the garden to go be with them as well. Okay, a little bit off topic, but but same thing in the wilderness. It's about who's in the wilderness with you. So take away everything else 
And we got to look for those little mundane things where he's working. And the little bush that's on fire in the desert wilderness place. And turn aside and look at it because he's in everything. And he's calling out to you and everything around you, even in the wilderness moments. The Israelites, right? The Israelites had a big one, okay? Um, but I don't think they would have had the big Red Sea moment if there weren't many, many, many moments leading up into that where they were starting to see the presence. And they didn't, right? Because, again, not going to go all the way into that, but Moses was actually their high priest, and that wasn't how originally it was intended to be. The Israelites were supposed to be their own high priests. Um, and, and so I'm thinking maybe they didn't see those little moments in the wilderness where Yahweh, we know they didn't. It was a lot of complaining, but where God provided for them in the little, little things. We see in Elijah, right? Uh, his turning aside moment came when he was in that wilderness. And what did he hear? In the quiet desolation, he heard a very small voice of God who started to renew his strength and commissioning him to go further in his ministry. John the Baptist, his turning aside moment, right? When he when he recognized that Jesus was the Lamb of God who takes away and he baptized him in the Jordan River. Like what a turning aside moment for John the Baptist coming out of the wilderness there. And so I don't know if you're in the wilderness or if you've been in the wilderness or you have one coming. But here's what I wanted to challenge us with. How do we be in the wilderness and yeah maybe that doesn't make grammatical sense but i used it on purpose because we're supposed to be human beings first and out of who we're created to be we're supposed to do and so a lot of times i find that in the wilderness it's not necessarily our doing season of life it's our being season of life and so if that's the case how do we be in the wilderness and and allow it to change it from this desolation isolation to a place of radical life-changing encounter. How do we do that and not miss it? Okay, number one, I got three things. And they're real quick, nothing life-shattering. Don't compare. Look, we're in the information age. And if, if you're growing and you're listening to this podcast, you probably got a business or your life and you're excited about growth, which means inevitably you're on social media and, and you're on the internet. And it's because it's, it's a tool, right? Don't compare yourselves to what you see. We so often are comparing our wilderness moments to other people's mountaintop moments. And that's just not right. We're in the different seasons. Moses had many wilderness moments and he also had many mountaintop moments. Okay. He had the great Red Sea and he also had the backside of the desert where nobody knew he was there. Okay. So don't compare his Red Sea moment to your wilderness moment because it's not what's important. What is important is that you don't compare. Don't look at other people. You are made individually unique, which means you are in your own season and your own journey. So don't compare. I know it's difficult with social media, but limit your time on it because it is very, very hard to not be on there and start comparing because the Satan, he just uses that to start hurling accusations at you. I mean, you know, you scroll social media and then you get off and you're, you're just bombarded with thoughts of you're not enough. You could never do that. Why don't you have that? You should be there, right? You're just bombarded with these thoughts that aren't good thoughts because they're, they're comparison thoughts. Okay, so number one is don't compare. Number two, be diligent where you are. Every one of these examples that we went to, 
Moses was being diligent. He was tending to the flock, his father-in-law's flock, right? Like, I think even in our wilderness moment, we're surrounded, we have people around us. And it might not be the impact that you want, and it might not be the goal that you have, but you have people around you, okay, that need your gifts and your abilities. So be diligent where you are. Don't overlook them. Serve where you are and be diligent. Know where you are. Know your purpose in that moment, even in the wilderness, and do it well. Do it well because when you do it well and you stop worrying about comparison and you stop worrying about what you don't have or who you're not influencing and you're diligent in where you are, you're going to see that bush that's on fire and you're going to choose to turn aside and all of a sudden you're going to have a life-changing encounter. And God's going to reveal his vision that he has for you. And also let me say right here that that vision is not going to take place the next day. Okay? You still have a coming out of the wilderness season as well but at least you've had that life-changing encounter to help pull you through but you're not going to have it if you're not diligent where you are okay last let go and lament this is something that i am consciously working on now because in these wilderness moments i tend and i don't know if, if everybody else is like me or not i tend to have a lot of conversations in my brain I want to pray. I want to ask God for things. And I will answer for him all of the time in my head. Uh, I'm, I want to pray for God enlarge my coast. Like, and immediately I'll answer in my mind, like, um, he, he gave you people now. Like, pay attention to what's in front of you. Okay. And so I don't, I don't ask for it. And I don't lament. Or I know there's a frustrating part of my day. Something happened. And it wasn't what I wanted. It didn't go how I wanted. And so... I get really frustrated and I'm holding on to it and I want to let go of it. And I want to say, God, I'm really frustrated about this. And then as soon as I do, I'm like, Oh no, like I can't say that. Like I know you're a good father. Right. But, but here's the thing, like you're, you're holding on to it if you don't let go. And and more importantly, what happens in these wilderness moments is it isolates you. It cuts off the communication between you and Yahweh. Remember the Job moments, Job, David, like these men lamented, I mean, they they went to battle against God a lot of times with their words, but their heart was right, but they didn't understand things, and they wrestled with it. And guess what? That was okay. Because in the end, when God looked at Job, he looked at his friends and said, you guys look at Job like he, he was right. And, and Job was like the one wrestling with and questioning all of these things. And Yahweh and him, they went, went back and forth in this exchange of things. But that was right. It's okay to wrestle. With the hard things, it's okay to lament in those wilderness moments that you don't understand. Open up that line of communication between you and your creator, God. Don't hold on to him. Okay? Don't compare. Be diligent. Let go and lament. Here I want to end with this. Verse 7. Then the Lord said, I love this part. After he sees the burning bush, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. You hear that? In your wilderness moments, God sees your affliction. He sees you. It's one of my favorite verses in Psalm. I cried, Psalm 120, I think, verse 1. I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. He hears you where you're at in your wilderness moments. So lament. Pour out your heart to him. He is with you. Remember those wilderness moments 
it's about who is in the wilderness with you, not about what you're learning in the wilderness. It's about who is in that wilderness with you. I want to leave you with this, this quote that I heard, I really appreciated. The great illusion of leadership is to think that man can be led out of the desert by someone who has never been there. You hear that? The great illusion of leadership is to think that man can be led out of the desert by someone who has never been there. Let that sink in. Think about Moses. You think he understood? He probably felt, I mean, he just killed a guy, number one. So he probably felt like he was being judged in the wilderness, taking care of his father-in-law flock. Okay? Probably didn't feel too great. But he didn't know what was to come. It's easy for us to look back and see what's to come. You think Moses, when he led the the children of Israel through the wilderness, he was used to being there? I mean, I don't know if you ever get fully used to it, but it was clear the Lord was preparing him before for this wilderness experience. And now he could take millions of people through a wilderness experience. But he couldn't have done that if he wasn't there first. So if you're in there and you're in the wilderness moment right now, whenever you're listening to this, let me encourage you. Another thing I heard recently was, your mess is your message. Okay, so when you're in your mess and you're in your wilderness moment and you feel like, this is not what I signed up for, let me challenge you to remember, this is equipping you to help others come through the same exact thing. We see it over and over again. You know it. And as soon as you heard me say that, you're like, man, I know that. I've heard that before. So trust it and don't fight where you are. Soak it up and change those moments in the wilderness from being a place of desolation and isolation to a place of a life changing encounter because you were present and you didn't compare and you met with your creator in a special way. You can do it. You can make it through this season Just like any season, there is always an ending. It does not last forever. Summer, winter, spring, autumn, they don't last forever. And neither does your wilderness season. So keep your head up. Go through it. Remember those three points. And I'll see you back here next week. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you and being a part of the much larger community of faith-driven entrepreneurs and personal growth seekers. As I wrap up each episode, I want to invite you to be a part of our mission in a simple yet impactful way. First, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. This helps you stay connected with us and supports our mission to inspire others. Next, consider sharing this podcast with friends, family, or your colleagues who share in your values and your aspirations. Your recommendation can make a world of a difference to them. Lastly, I value your feedback and ideas. Each input will help us guide the content that we create here so that we can better equip and inspire others towards action along their growth journey. Thank you for being a part of our journey. Together, we can encourage and empower others to lead with faith, purpose, and impact. So until our next episode, keep pursuing your dreams, stay faithful to your values, and remember, you are never alone on this path.